It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder are going back to the postseason for the first time in uh, two years. That's the longest drought in Thunder franchise history, but it's over now as they play a postseason game on Wednesday as the glorious, wonderful Chicago Bulls and that sweet, sweet Prince Billy Donovan beat the tanking Dallas Mavericks and the Thunder are back in the postseason. It's an emergency podcast. Let's celebrate. You are locked on Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thundersintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. Joining me, fellow media member and editor-in-chief over at Thunderwire.com, Clemente Almanza. And we're here to celebrate the Thunder making it back to the postseason. I promised you on Friday's podcast that if they won, you'd get a bonus podcast. Not only are you getting a bonus podcast, you're getting Clemente Almanza on the podcast, which is just historic. It is just fantastic. It is something that, uh, you know, is is really a cherry on top of this postseason Sunday uh, for, for today. Clemente, how are you feeling as the Thunder back in the postseason? Oh man, the the juices are flowing, Ryland. The juices are flowing. It's little, it's almost eleven o'clock right now, um, and the adrenaline just kicking in right now. It's gonna. I, I have a hard time believing I'm gonna have a a good, healthy amount of sleep tonight with just how like exciting it is that the Thunder are back in the plan after a long, grueling two year drought. Yeah, I mean the black eye, the league stuff, the the the. 20 win projection this year stuff. I mean, it's been, it's been a wild time frame here of, of this two year drought. Uh, let's just start with the fact that the thunder are in this position and what that means. Listen, I'm not here for anything other than celebratory comments today. I'm not going to go as far as deleting them, but I will be disappointed in you if you tweet anything other than celebratory comments today about this Thunder team and about this situation. The Thunder, the youngest team in the NBA currently, the second youngest team in NBA history, do not have a top five pick on their roster, and they've gotten here to the postseason through a lot of adversity, through losing Shea for some games, through losing Kenneth Williams, who's one of their best rotational players uh, for the rest of the season, of course, losing their second overall pick before the season even started. They've seen Pokashevsky, who we forget was a really good rotational piece for them uh, prior to his injury, has not looked good since the injury. Same scenario with Jeremiah Roman-Sonurl, 
uh, they've they've been in situations where they've played really 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 well like they did in january and february and they've had weeks like last week where they played really bad and so through the ups and the downs this team overcame all of that and will be playing in the postseason next week and i don't know if that'll be for only wednesday or if they'll win wednesday and play friday or if they'll win both games and go to the actual playoffs but no matter what it is this team has gotten over that proverbial hump in as I said earlier this week, they've made the reservation now. Count us in for the next 10 years of basketball and the next 10 years of postseason basketball because this train is not slowing down anytime soon. This train is going to keep on rolling as you add Chet Holmgren back. It's going to keep on rolling as you add in some of those draft picks and make some trades and, and fill out that cap sheet, uh, which is top 10 in the league right now in the NBA of, of, in terms of space that you can use this summer. It, it's all shaking out thunder right now and you have an all nba guy all nba first team guy mvp caliber guy in sga you have these guys who look like they can be all stars like j dub and it's just an incredible day so forget about any little nitpicking that you can do about this season and just remember what the expectations were and what this team accomplished because you know what Every team had to battle adversity. Every team got some wins over teams that weren't trying as the Thunder did yesterday. These these Mavericks had that same opportunity today. You know what they decided to do? They decided to pull the plug and not actually play and then just have an all-out tank battle with Chicago. So the Thunder took care of business. They did what they had to do. And now we set up for Sunday's game, which we're going to preview at the end of the show today uh, for what's going to look, look like on Sunday for the Thunder and the Grizzlies. But overall, how important is it that this Thunder team got to the postseason, Clemente? I think heading into the season, we all were kind of expecting that they were going to finish with a bottom five, bottom ten record easily. Um, both pundits and fans, and for the fact that they were able to blow that uh, accomplishment out of the water with how they've been playing. I mean, I think it's super important just for in terms of getting experience and being able to play um, these high-pressure games. And uh, we, we kind of saw that the Utah game as well with the Thunder uh, playing basically a must-win game, and they were able to get that one out, even though it was against Utah's backups. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is super important. I know some people might, like, roll their eyes at the fact that the Thunder are going to get experience over adding another potential lottery pick, but, like, at the end of the day, uh, that matters. I mean, we see with Shay's Instagram post, we see with, with the players after the wins that all of them have said that, yeah, making the plan matters to them, and, like, that's their ultimate goal, and, like, for them to accomplish that, that's a great feat for such a young team. I mean, that is, that's the whole thing here. It goes beyond just this specific game because to get to this game, you played in some of the most clutch games in the entire league. You played in what, 43, 44 clutch time games this year uh, as the youngest roster. That is experience in and of itself. You're going to get to play and prepare to play a game on Wednesday. And there's no more of this cat and mouse game. There's no more of this, you know, are they going to, you know, go all out? No, no. Wednesday's a literal must-win game. You're in the postseason. It, nothing else matters but winning Wednesday's game. So you're going to get to game plan for another team, a specific team, and you're going to lock in on them and try your best to, to uh, counteract what they want to do. And they're going to do the same to you. So, like, th- in the nature of an NBA season, not every game is game plan for. Like, that, that might sound surprising, but, like, you know, you're more so focused on how to uh, correct your own mistakes that you made last game or, or three games ago or the week before. 
Whereas now it's a whole different game where you're focusing on how do we take away what they do good? And then they're focusing on how do they take away what you do good? And so you get to see how your young guys react to that, how your young guys respond, how they absorb a game plan, how they execute a game plan, how they, how they adjust to game plans working against them. They did that very well on Thursday against Utah. Whenever Utah came out in that zone, it gave them fits and Utah went on that massive run into halftime. And then after the half, the Thunder beat the zone and they were able to eventually swallow that lead to 20 points and blow them out. So they, they've already handled that in a way in that game. So this is experience. And as you mentioned too, these players wanted to be in the postseason. SGA went out on a limb and put on his Instagram caption uh, after one of those wins that, that the play-ins come and he's got to play in it. And like, it matters. It matters. And guess what? You don't got to listen to this summer. This summer, you don't got to listen to people saying, well, the Thunder never win. And and, and when are we going to get to see Shea play in the postseason? Shea's in the postseason. Let's see what he does. Like, like Shea's in there. The Thunder have gotten him there, even despite all the obstacles that they faced. And even despite the fact that whenever you lost Chet in August, no one would have blinked an eye if the Thunder decided, hey, you know, we want another lottery pick instead of, instead of going for it. They let the season play out. They, they, burn their assumptions and save their predictions and declared themselves. And they did everything they told you they were going to do. They gave it to you on a silver platter and told you what the, what the plan was. They went out there, they executed it and they declared themselves as a team. That's going to be in the postseason for a long time. It doesn't matter if they lose on Wednesday. It doesn't matter if they make the playoffs. It doesn't matter if they go to the first round or not. It doesn't matter if they, if they pull a, we believe warriors and beat the nuggets. It doesn't matter. None of it matters past this point. It's the fact that you survived an 82 game marathon. And at the end of it, you get to play in the postseason, and that's that's in that's incredible value for the second youngest team ever and the youngest team in this league. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I think we are kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop with this Thunder team to the point like, all right, well, uh, they're going to eventually start falling out of the play-in race, playoff race, and that just that just never happened. Um, and it, it, it's just been surreal just seeing you play out. I mean, you and me have covered the team on a day-to-day basis, and to be able to experience this with this young team. Has been pretty. Has been a pretty amazing accomplishment for both the franchise, um, for both the front office and the players, um, and it speaks a lot. I mean, like you mentioned, like the Thunder over the last month or so have been getting like a lot more positive media attention, national national media wise, and tonight's tonight's nights like tonight really uh, justify uh, the hype. Shea's getting for MVP and Most Improved Player. Jadub's getting for Rookie of the Year. And uh, they know it's getting for coach of the year. It's awesome to see that media coverage. Also, obviously, uh, it was funny to begin with that somehow the ire turned to Oklahoma City of all teams about the tanking over the last couple of seasons uh, and the Black Eye of the League stuff from the Sirius XM guy, John Hollinger projected this team to win 20 games, which was four less than they won last year. And again, I don't begrudge anyone to be clear whenever I say this. I don't begrudge anyone for the preseason, not expecting the Thunder to make the postseason. No one did. Uh, but 20 wins was just asinine. Like, let's just be frank about it. 20 Winning four less games for a team that's never regressed in win total uh, under Mark and, and in this current rebuild was just ridiculous, even after Chet Holmgren got hurt. And they not only didn't regress, but they progressed, and, they were, and, and they're now sitting on the precipice of a weird game on Sunday uh, where if they do win it, they would win 40 games this season. 40 games this season if they were able to win on Sunday. Uh, that is going to be a wild time. We'll talk about why Sunday's game is a little bit different coming up. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Nissan Aria, folks. Nissan Aria. I mean, it's just great. I mean, it truly is incredible. And, and 
And we told you on Friday who the Nissan Aria player of the week is. It's Aaron Wiggins. But for Saturday, let's shake it up a little bit and, and, and do a new Nissan Aria player of the week. Because Wiggins still deserves all of the credit in the world. That's obvious. But, I mean, Kobe White was awesome. Patrick Williams was awesome. I'm going to give it to I'm going to give it to Patrick Williams and Kobe White for uh this next week coming up because the Bulls were able to help the Thunder secure that playoff spot. The Nissan Aria is fantastic. It's electric, it's brilliantly fierce, it's fiercely elegant, it's stunningly powerful and it packs a pin you to your seat punch with premium intelligence all in one EV. It's the all new all electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at nissanariausa.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Clemente, we're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder basketball. Go check out Lockdown NBA. We're going to have a lot of previews for you, including uh, about the Thunder throughout this week. Uh, we've already got our, our scheduled previews written up and, and executing them Sunday night, so that'll be a lot of fun. But Clemente, the Thunder made the postseason. What to you has stood out the most about this season for OKC? I think the obvious answer is Shea's ascension to a superstar. Um, I think uh, if you would ask someone before the season that Shea would have the type of season that he's had, I think most people would probably would have thought that person was being the biggest homer out there. And for the fact that Shea's averaging over 30 points per game on such high efficiency, I think it's like at over 60% true shooting. And I think he broke the franchise record for most 30-point games in the season at 45 against Utah. For all that happened this season, and for Shea to stay relatively healthy for the most part, I mean, that's that's such a huge positive because this season basically guarantees you that you're going to have a all NBA top twenty, top fifteen type player for the next at least five years, um, and that's big in this league where uh, a team goes as far as their best player goes, and I think the funding can go pretty far with Shea as their best guy. Shea's been awesome. I mean, the leap he's taken, scoring, defending. A huge leap. He's taking a big leap as a passer, which I've tried to point out a lot throughout this season. Handles has gotten better, and we all know what he can do with the ball in his hands. I mean, it's just awesome to watch Shea. You know, to see Jalen Williams look like a potential rookie of the year, and I know that you know the the votes have probably been casted since October for Paulo, but uh, the fact that he's even in a conversation where you can where you can have this debate and not get laughed at, like where you can say you know, hey, I think that Jalen Williams has a shot at this and, and not get laughed out of the room is remarkable, especially if Chet is who we think Chet is. Like, if Chet's who we think Chet is, then this ascent by by J-Dub makes this rookie class a historic one. I mean, it truly does. And the beautiful thing about it is, I don't think that anything Jalen Williams 
has accomplished this season gets taken away by Chet. Like, I, I don't think that anything that he has done this year is impacted by, by Chet coming back. So, like, it, he, he's able to play well without the ball in his hands. He's able to play well off, you know, off action, and he's able to play well while not being the aggressor. So if Chet Holmgren does come in and take more touches away, that still allows J-Dub to thrive and, and, and plays a game that he's more comfortable in, it seems like. I mean, Mark's talked about it, how, you know, they've tried to really pull him out of that, you know, passive play with the flow type of player and make him more of an aggressive player. And, and so, you know, allowing Chet to slide him back into a role he's more comfortable in could open the floor for him some more. Obviously, the spacing that Chet provides is great too. And so I, I don't think that it, that it conflates anything with Chet coming back. I, and, and, and I say that to say, I don't think that this breakout is because Chet's not there. I think that this breakout is because J-Dub's a really good player. And that's even more important. Uh, obviously, the Isaiah Joe stuff has been awesome this year. To, to, to have Isaiah Joe and Aaron Wiggins on minimum deals, and they play that way, is spectacular. I mean, you have two really good role players on minimum contracts. You you can't you can't do better than that in a team building standpoint, especially as you start to have to pay these guys. Being able to being able to have a front office that can find guys like that, that can find impactful rotational players on the minimum, is going to only increase in importance as this rebuild progresses, as this core progresses, as the money gets bigger for your star players. And so, so the track record being there, the foundation being there is really important. And, and, and agents seeing, Hey, you know, it's worked out for these guys whenever, whenever they go to OKC helps a lot too. In the second round, whenever a prospect might demand, Hey, don't draft me. I want to go undrafted and I want to sign with OKC. Like that stuff does matter. That stuff does uh, happen a lot. So we'll see uh, how much this progresses, but overall this season, it's just been impressive to watch them, run their race as Mark would say and keep their head down and do and do everything the right way and then it and then it ends up adding up to the point you're in the postseason. The Thunder didn't take any shortcuts. The Thunder didn't make a big trade deadline acquisition. They didn't go out there and 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 get any sort of patchwork done. They they just kept playing their style of basketball. They kept playing the the way that they intend to play in the future even without chat, even with, even whenever you lose Kendrick Williams, you saw um you know that trend continue even though he was gone. Like the Thunder kept doing what they wanted to do, and it and it ended up getting rewarded in terms of like the win total in terms of the postseason. But their process still worked, and that's encouraging for sustained success as well. Much less the fact that you're going to add in so much talent coming up. But Sunday's game gets really weird now after the results that happened today. So we'll continue to tease that. But Clemente. We're watching this team, and we're in awe of this team, and they still have such a a, a pathway available to them uh, of this play-in tournament, where they're going to play either Minnesota, who has had moments of dysfunction, or they're going to play a Zionless Pelicans team. How far can this Thunder team get in the play-in tournament? Now that we're here, now that we've seen. Uh, pretty much a whole season unfold. There's still a, a game out there for these teams, but but pretty much whole season unfold. How far do you think that this team can get? Honestly, it looks like that they're gonna uh, end up playing some combination of the of the Pelicans, Lakers, and Timberwolves. Like honestly, just looking at those three teams, like I just don't know how you can feel like 100 percent sure that they don't have a legit chance to uh, to to get one of the seven for eight spots and then advance to the actual playoffs and then play a tough physical first round series against the Nuggets or Grizzlies and push them to 
five, six, seven games. Um, none of those three teams above OKC. Uh, while they're all, you know, uh, like you mentioned, formidable opponents, it's not like any of those teams um, are, are, are guaranteed losses for OKC. And we've seen examples throughout the entire season, this season you know, specifically, where they played against these teams and they managed to put up a good fight and even win uh, games against them. I mean, the Lakers, for example, they went to L.A., beat the Lakers on the night, LeBron passed Kareem. Um, Mark mentioned that as an example of a game of consequence the other night. Uh, and then the Pelicans for OKC to beat the Pelicans uh, uh, early this season as well. And then same case with the Wolves. Um, we have evidence that supports your theory if you want to choose OKC uh, beating uh, whoever they play uh, in the 9-10 matchup and then, and then whoever they play in the 7-8 uh, matchup. I think that the ceiling of this Thunder team in this postseason is exactly that. It's making it through the play-in tournament, and you get to go play the Nuggets, and you steal a game from the Nuggets, and you force them to play a tough five, six, seven-game series. I mean, there is such a thing as a tough five-game series. I mean, it, it, you, you can do it where you, you, you play them close every game but just lose, uh, which is common with young teams. And I think that the example I've been using all season has been Memphis. Like, whenever remember whenever Memphis – made the postseason the first time, and this is their pathway. They won, They got through the play-in tournament, uh, and then they went to go play Utah, and they, U, Utah, you know, of course, was a really good team that year. They, they ended up beating Memphis, U, Utah did, but Shaw had that baseline dunk and kind of, you know, it was an exclamation point on their season of like, oh, these Memphis guys, they're coming. They're, they're going to they're becoming uh, really strong here the last, you know, the next few years. That's the kind of ceiling OKC has in this in this week, and that's valuable. It's valuable to, to allow yourself to have some of that momentum, have some of that confidence heading into the offseason, especially whenever you have a blue chip player waiting in the wings. Like you're the, the beautiful thing about this is you're not only dependent upon summer progression, which this Thunder roster has seen every player on their roster over the course of a summer get better. You know, over the course of a summer, you've seen SGA get better year over year, summer over summer. And his one summer so far. Josh Giddy's gotten better year over year. Like you've seen that the, the talent on this roster get better. Going back to college, J-Dub got better each and every year, continued to build upon um, his success in college. You hope he does the same thing this summer. So like, not only do you have that, but you also aren't looking and like turning over every stone to figure out, okay, what do we add next? What you add next is a blue chip prospect who many thought were the, was the best player last year in the draft in Chet Holmgren. That's what you add next. And then and then you work from there. Plus, you're going to have um, a, a, a good pick in this deep draft class, and you're going to have ammo to trade up in this draft class if you so choose. And we saw a, willing, a willingness from OKC to do that last year whenever they whenever they traded into the first round to get Usman James. Like, if they target a guy, they'll be willing to go get him. Uh, so it, it, it's it's really encouraging, and, and that's part of why, and that's really the main part of why, um, even if they lose on Wednesday, it doesn't truly impact anything. Uh, it, it wouldn't even really be a bummer. It would just be a thing that happened and you get a good postseason experience out of it and you get to say, hey, we made the postseason uh, this season after being ridiculed for the last two years. It's felt like a decade because of how much that the ridicule has been piled on and piled on and piled on OKC. Uh, this is just awesome. And, and yeah, the ceiling, I think, is a first round exit uh, and it would be in like six games, but that's still incredibly valuable for this team and, and awesome for this team. So let's talk about the Bulls beating the Mavericks and is securing this bid for OKC and how that makes Sunday's game against Memphis for the home finale a wild, wild, wild one. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown NBA Podcast. Clemente, we're back, and the Bulls did it. It did not look like they would do it. It did not look like they'd pull it out. It was a brutal first two, three quarters for Chicago, but they were able to beat the Dallas Mavericks again, shout out Kobe white shout out, you know, Patrick Williams, shout out Billy Donovan. Uh, but overall this win secures OKC's position in the postseason. Memphis has won as well. So they've secured the second seed in the Western conference. So presumably Memphis will rest players on Sunday. So let's take care of that scenario. You're not going to see Memphis's a team on Sunday. If everything goes according to plan. For OKC, they've seen SGA deal with some injuries down the stretch of this season. He looked gassed on Thursday at times against Utah. This can be an opportunity where OKC, who has no shot to move up, they have no shot to move down, they're locked into 10, to to rest some players and to uh, get some much-needed rest specifically for SGA. And if you want to look at it also from a different angle, besides just rest, which is the most important part of this is rest, if the Thunder do lose on Sunday – because they're resting guys and because they're uh, you know getting prepared for Wednesday and they don't make the postseason you know in the terms of I'm sorry they don't make the first round the playoffs uh, then at that point they would have the 10th best lottery odds you know they'd be tied for the Mavericks and have a little coin flip which is actually a ping pong ball drawing for the 10th best odds in the lottery so like it would be a double-edged sword of like you get rest but you also get a security blanket in case you don't survive through the play-in tournament to to better your odds whenever that all takes place. Because right now, it'd be 11-10 and 10 for OKC and uh, Dallas. If the Thunder lose on uh, Sunday, it would be you know both tied for 10, and then they'd and, and, uh, it'd be at the Chicago 2 if there's a three-way tie, and they do a kind of a little, a little ping-pong ball drawing to see who gets the actual odds and, and where everything shakes out. So with all that being said, if I put you as head coach of the Thunder, God help us, what would you choose to do on Sunday? Yeah, and like when you were shouting out Bulls players there for the one today, you forgot to mention uh, former OKC Blue legend Alex Caruso, which kind of segues into like what I would do if I was uh, Mark Daynon as a game. Um, when it comes to whether playing, whether resting your team or resting your start or, or playing your starters in order to like build quote unquote momentum in these types of situations. I always lean on resting the guys, especially someone like Shea. Um, like you mentioned, um, especially in the Jazz game, we kind of saw Shea kind of running on fumes there. Um, that, that, that's probably a mix of him having to play uh, so many amount of high leverage minutes, so many amount of high usage possessions, along with the fact that the Jazz are playing this, this funky one three one zone defense for most of the game. Um, so you, I know Shea probably won't admit it publicly, but like, if he can get a chance to rest for five consecutive days, I think that would be huge for him, especially since he's probably still dealing with that abdominal strain that Mark mentioned um, after the All-Star break. And um, being able to rest that and, you know, like I said, give him five consecutive days off, I feel like that would pay dividends for their uh, 
Wednesday matchup um, in the play-in game against whoever they end up playing. Yeah, I think that the smart business decision from all fronts is to rest your guys. Uh, now, what does that look like? I, I think that it could look as something like what the Mavericks did today with Luca, where you know you you play them. It's the home finale. It could be the last time you ever play in front of this home crowd for the season. If you don't make it through the play-in tournament, uh, it will be the last time you play in front of a home crowd. And so, you know, he plays, but he he plays a quarter, and, and then he checks out. Standing ovation time. Thank, thanks for everything. Just in case we could say it in the playoffs. Uh, you know, great season, and then you know, wish you the best. Uh, throughout this next week for the playing tournament, I think that that could be a way that it looks rest wise, rather than like out, 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 and they don't even play at all. They're just out for, from from the lengthy injury report uh, or a CVS receipt, as as Clemente uh, <laughs> so claimed that he coined the first time. Uh, but uh, ultimately, either way you slice it, I think that that would be the best move. Either just don't play him a single minute and just let him be in street clothes and enjoy it from the sidelines, or uh, play these guys in the first quarter, let them have their moment, let them have their kind of send off uh, just in case this is the last time that, that they play in front of the home crowd. And then you you play it smart the last three quarters and it turns into a blue versus hustle game. And uh, luckily we've covered three or four of those already this season between these two teams with the way that the G League schedule shook out. So we're, we're going to be really well equipped to watch Kenny Lofton drop 50 on Sunday, but um, we watched him do it against the blue earlier. Clemente, this is awesome. This is just fun stuff all the way around. What's your prediction for Sunday? Now, by the time you're listening to this, we'll probably know the answer because practice will have already happened and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of have asked the questions, but are they going to rest against Memphis? And are they going to win against Memphis? And I want both those answers independent of each other. Uh, I think to play it tomorrow, like you said, like the smart and um, business approach is to rest the guys. And I think they end up resting Shea at the minimum. Um, in terms of winning, I think I think they'll probably end up dropping this game just because they're not gonna have Shea. And like we've seen how the team looks like when Shea isn't playing, and like a lot of times not pretty. Um, but with that said, uh, we will see Newsman Jang masterclass where he's <laughs> playing 30 plus minutes and uh, he's out there getting a 20 point, uh, 10 rebound double double and giving fans hope that he could potentially be a future piece of this young core. Uh, I'm ashamed of you for one, uh, being that you didn't say a Jared Butler triple double because that's what I think is going to happen. I think Jared Butler's going to go out there and absolutely dominate this game, folks. If you've read on Thunder's Intentions, if you listen to this podcast, you know how high I am on Jared Butler. That's not just on the podcast, I talk these guys' ears off at the Thunder games about how Jared Butler can really be something. And I think that it really throws Mark off whenever I ask him about Jared Butler. He's like, Why is this guy asking about Jared Butler? Like, what is this guy doing? Get out of here, you're a loser. But I, I do think Jared Butler. He's going to get some redemption because fans were talking reckless about Jared Butler a week ago. And I think that he needs some redemption on Sunday. He deserves some redemption on Sunday. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be one of those games where uh, it doesn't matter if you want to lose in the grand scheme of things. Uh, obviously there's a little, little person of you that's like, ah, well, you know, you might as well lose just as an insurance policy for, if you don't uh, make it through the playing tournament, kind of like a life insurance policy uh, if you don't make it to the playing tournament. Uh, but ultimately It'd be nice either way. It'd be nice to win and just have that nice round 40 on your yeah. win total. That'd be pretty cool for this young team. And then if you lose, we laid out all the, all the, all the pros of losing on Sunday. Either way, I don't think that Shea will play 30 minutes. I, 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 in fact, I assure you and I will guarantee you Shea will not play 30 minutes this season. Sam, I know you're listening. Don't, don't spite me on this one. Don't play him 30 minutes just because you can. Don't do it. Don't do it. 
just make make it make it 29 at the at the at the most. He's not going to play 30 minutes, so I think that even if he does play, it'll just be a uh, a nice little send off, a nice little hat tip to the fans who showed up on Easter and 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 made it up there in, in a scramble after all their festivities and Easter egg hunts were done. Uh, and then and then you go into the, the next week in the playing tournament, and we'll see where that's going to be at. It's either going to be Minnesota first or New Orleans first, and then uh, we'll go from there. So going to be a fun week of basketball. Going to have you covered five days a week and after every single game. So it's a lot of fun. We're going to stay through the offseason that way. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on any other podcasting platform. Clemente, thank you for joining us in this celebration of Thunder Life. We're going to have another bet paid off coming up. Uh, I think I'm going to post that tomorrow, which you know what it is. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's it's going to be an interesting one, Clemente. I've got to record that one for you and Nick. But Clemente, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? No, I mean, like I said, just just enjoy the ride, man. Like I think what makes this postseason or just play and run that much that much that much more fun is the fact that the funner did it without getting external help outside of like Sam kind of looking his way into getting a rotation piece in Doro Saric. Um, if you just look at the Utah game, I mean, the bench played a big role in that. And, like, the four guys that led that were Aaron Wiggins, who was the 55th pick in his class, Lindy Waters, who was an undrafted two-way player, Dario Saric, uh, like I mentioned, guy who was just traded to OKC just to make the finances work, and um, Isaiah Joe, who was a late training camp addition that was an afterthought. Um, the fact that Sam can find those guys um, and kind of – and with some luck involved as well. I mean, it just increases your margin for error when it comes to like hitting on your actual first round picks. Um, and I think that's what, that's like another factor. That's like just how much more, how, how, that's like why this Thunder team is so excitable and like why fans are like so optimistic, optimistic about it is because that OKC has been able to hit both their high end first round picks and uh, find, you know, hidden gems like you mentioned earlier. Clemente, thanks for joining us. This was a great emergency podcast. I'll see you tomorrow at practice. And we're both going to make a long trip all from opposite directions. So I hope that the Saturday morning traffic is not too bad uh, getting into Thunder Ion tomorrow afternoon. So until after Sunday's game, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.